Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk, and with my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's P-O-D. That's Stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. But yeah, the marketing yeah. and everything that led up to this, it wasn't like how typically people have been doing marketing where it gives away the entire story. Oh, what sure. I thought yeah. was going to happen did not happen. Whoever I thought the lead was going to be was not the lead, and it oh. allowed me to just yeah. experience a movie. You may fire when ready. podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. That we are sticking with the mouth sounds at the end because we have no other choice. It's fine. How's everybody feeling? It is a fantastic uh, Monday. Uh, happy early Thanksgiving to everybody out there who might be listening. Um, yeah. If Thanksgiving is not your holiday, happy harvest because that is uh, what it was initially. So, um, I hope everybody's doing well. Marcus, hmm? how are you feeling, sir? Good, 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 good. Everything's good. The break is coming soon, so, you know, I'm pretty excited. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we are here, ready yeah. to pod. It's, yeah, I'm, we're ready to go. Um, yeah. I always felt like this break was like a little tease. Oh, yeah. It was a oh, little, for like, sure. It was a little like, hey, you get like, yeah. like two, three, four weeks of this. Mm-hmm. Are you guys mm-hmm. ready for that? Yeah. Um, and you're always like, yep, I'm ready. And then you get like halfway through the second week you're like i wasn't ready like, yeah you're like, like, i want everybody to go back it also is weird like as an adult the further your family is away I, yes. like, I realized like hmm okay i could go see my family for thanksgiving but then like i also need to see them for christmas so it's like <laughs> uh, it looks like i'm gonna have to pick and choose which one i want to do like i'm not gonna yeah. buy two like a plane ticket twice no so like i have to sacrifice this holiday to then go yeah. see everybody for Christmas. So it's like, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And it, Thanks, and Christmas is the superior holiday. So, you know, whatever. It, uh, I you will, know, capitalism uh, out, you know, outside of the capitalism and the way that the system is broken. But like, yes, yeah, so Christmas feel, is the superior holiday. I feel a lot more warm and fuzzy feelings about Christmas than I do Thanksgiving. <laughs> Although yeah. I will, yeah. even though I am typically the person that is like, get your Christmas out of my Thanksgiving. Jeez. I'm usually that guy. 
I do appreciate if I'm comparing how I feel between the two holidays, I'm definitely feeling um, more warm and hopeful during that season than this one. Christmas this is one, a, Christmas has a vibe cool. to it. It's more than just one week. Thanksgiving comes and then it goes and then it's Black Friday and then Christmas. That's so like, fair. Anyway, uh, anyway, I am doing quite well. Uh, I am gearing up for uh, seeing my family for Thanksgiving, which will be good. It has Ooh. been a minute since we have been up there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. It'll be good to go and just kind of recharge for a little while and just kick it with the kids for a little while. So yeah, yeah. it's been uh, it's yeah. good. Uh, but Marcus, yeah. we have a whole you, show uh, you didn't to do Brian. today. And you didn't ask Brian how he's doing. Well, Brian is not here. That's why. Well, and that's because Brian, well, Baby Watch 2021, <laughs> we have a baby. That's how we this works. A, we have a baby. Whoa. We are uh, thrilled to yeah. uh, say congratulations to Maggie and Brian on welcoming yeah, their new yeah. son into the family. Um, baby and mom are both doing healthy, but we are super happy for them as they uh, welcome a new uh, member of the team. To their crew. So, yeah, welcome, baby Rouse. And as we are also congratulating them on the birth of their new son, we need yeah. to congratulate Chris Schultons and his wife on their announcement that they are expecting oh a new baby. God. Okay, so they are about to be a foursome coming forward too. So, okay, reasons to celebrate all around. All right. Meanwhile, I'm all set. Two is all I got. <laughs> Don't need to do any more of that. But I'm happy for everybody else who's bringing that stuff in hot. There you go. And me, I'm, I, I'm I'm playing more of the road of proud uncle nowadays. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? I love you. I'll watch you from time to time, but I'll give you right back when it's time. That's the way to do it. And yeah. I will say this. Um, that's the role I think I, I'm happy to be a dad. I love yeah. being a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost envy the the proud uncle moments <laughs> because Man, when my kids get on like a, is Marcus going to be here, Tear? That's like all they yeah. talk about for yeah. like two, three weeks straight. So Those are, those are my guys. Well, I, plastic, I, that's impact. my crew right there. Yeah, they're pretty, they get pretty jacked. Um, But Marcus, we have, I'm ready to pod. And I'm, I'm ready, ready to, to get after it. Let's go. And we have a catch that quotable to get to. Um, which is always an exciting time. Um, so, oh, it's not news. Sorry, I clicked. I'm sorry, everybody. I clicked the wrong thing. Here's catch that quotable. Needed to use the right banner. Um, right. But Marcus, it still yeah. remains Black History Year. So really you, does. sir, can take it off. Do you want me to go first or would you like to go first? Um, I think I will go first because I think you went first the last time. So Okay, I think I that's what's fine. All right, good to me. Go. What do you got? Oh, boy. My ass is sore. Mine, too. It's Woody's fault for riding us so hard yesterday. The human body, the human body wasn't made to straddle something that big for that long. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, my ass is sore. Mine too. It's Woody's fault for riding us so hard yesterday. The human body wasn't made to straddle something that big for that long. Oh man. Um this feels like I don't know. It Yeah. Well, you know what it feels like. This feels like it could be it's either your your flying Toy Story like right in my face, um, okay. and because okay. the Woody's thing is throwing me. Okay, but at the same time, I also feel like this could be a sports movie. Like it's like they're complaining about a coach that's pushing them too okay. hard. Okay, but I can't make heads or tails of it, and I'm kind of stuck in between, like going between those two things. So mm-hmm. I am going to lightly tap that hint button, Marcus. Okay, all right. Your hint is going to be motorcycle 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 
Motorcycle's your hint. Okay, motorcycle. Yes. Oh, shit. I feel like I know this. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. Okay. Oh, boy. My ass is sore. Mine, too. It's Woody's fault for riding us so hard yesterday. The human body wasn't made to straddle something that big for that long. I feel like I know this movie. Okay. But I am I am unable to like tell you what it's from. Mm. Uh, but I somehow like butterscotch soda this a little bit. Mm. So this is so I feel like this is a movie with Tim Allen. Okay. And about motorcycles. Okay. Marcus, is this wild hogs? This is wild hogs. <laughs> this is wild hogs. I was definitely gonna go. When you said Woody oh. Lawn, I was definitely going to play with that a little bit, but I was oh, like, man, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, some wild, wild hogs. Wild hogs had John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, Martin, Tim Allen, and, and um, William H. Macy. William H. Macy in it, and it was actually not a bad movie at all. I think it's like easily rewatchable movie, but it was it was like pretty good. It's one of those movies that like if it comes on on like FX or something yes. like that, you'll sit down and you'll watch you'll watch it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a like do other things as you're watching yes. like you're maybe yeah. like put you know in terms of the holiday season putting together maybe a christmas list and it's mm -hmm. on in the background yeah yeah but definitely a white noise kind of movie but still like i would i would think i would rewatch it like if it came on oh for sure yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. well good good that's a that was a good one i thank you, thank you. i once i could place tim allen and once it was motorcycle i was like oh man yeah. This I'm gonna. Yeah. This is gonna take me a minute. Yeah, I probably gave that one right away. That's, that's fine though. That's totally fine. Um. All right. Well, here we go. Here's here's mine. I don't know who the heck you think you are, but if you don't wiggle those childbearing hips out of that door in five seconds, you're gonna find your nose sniffing my big Amish ass. Jesus. I'll read it again. I don't know who the heck you think you are, but if you don't wiggle those childbearing hips out that door in five seconds, you're going to find your nose sniffing my big Amish ass. I guarantee you, I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> and and, and the way that Doug have is having it. such a good time, I've, I guarantee I've never seen this movie before. I can't even piece two. I can't even piece two things together in this quote. Okay. Um, okay. It so is I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it feels like it's a little bit all over the place. I'm gonna smack that hint button. I want to. Okay. I want to see what the hint is. Okay, your hint is bowling. 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 I guarantee I've never seen this movie. The only bowling movie that I know is The Big Lebowski, and I feel okay. like that that is that's a good one. That that is literally the only movie I know about bowling is. So I'm gonna guess the Big Lebowski. I'm not even gonna waste your time. That is incorrect. Okay, but okay. Marcus, this is the movie Kingpin, starring Woody Harrelson, and was <laughs> starring Woody Har Harrelson and Bill Murray is in it. Which is I use that because our movie this week is Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, but essentially the plot is, um, Woody Harrelson is a bowler. Um, and he like starts off as being a really great high school bowler. And then he meets Bill Murray's character. Um, okay. and Bill Murray's character puts his hand, like a bet goes wrong on bowling and they put his hand in the return of a bowling machine and he loses his hand. And then his life basically goes to hell after that. Um, but then he, he's selling bowling supplies and he meets this Amish kid, um, 
whose name is a he's a famous actor, but I can't place him at all. Um, but he meets this Amish kid who's also really good at bowling. So he tries to mentor him and bring him under his wing. Um, it's a comedy. It's hilarious. It's one of my favorite comedies. Um, so absolutely something you should check out. I probably have to check it out. I told you I've never seen it. And I feel like we've referenced Kingpin on the podcast before. I've used it before. Yeah, I know that, I've used it that before. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So yeah, but it was okay. one of those where I was like, I need a connection. I used Paul Rudd last week. I'm going to try and do something new this week. So that's, the point. that's what I got for you. That was a good connection. Good job. Yeah, good movie. Good movie. Uh, yeah absolutely. Well, Marcus, we saw mm-hmm. this week uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters. Um, and we, we went on down to uh, Vermilion Theaters and enjoyed that. On a, it's been the first time since I've been. To like a movie premiere, like it's been a, f- a minute been since a I've been like to a Friday opening. Yeah, yeah, it's been a. Oh, what was the last one? I, you know, I'll go out to say the Black. No, Avengers. I feel Endgame. like we maybe like did Endgame, Endgame together on Endgame. On, I think Endgame yeah. was definitely the last one. Yeah, but it's been a minute, and it's oh, been was a it minute. A Star Wars movie. No, Endgame was the latest. I, I feel think like I feel like Endgame is. Endgame is the last one that I remember. Yeah, in, now, it had to be Endgame. Now I know that I've seen. Like in the middle of the day on a Friday, I feel like I saw like Mar like uh Captain Marvel with some friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest with you, there's something about going to a theater on a Monday, on a Friday evening. Yeah. Like there's something about that seven o'clock show, walking into a theater, yeah, hearing the bustle and the anticipation and people talking about it. And yeah. I what I loved is like before you got there, like just standing in line, listening to the people like behind me and in front of me, like talk about their movies or they saw a movie poster in the lobby and they were talking about that. And so it was just really interesting to me because I wanted to like turn around and be like, you're wrong. But yeah. I, I, I really had to dial it back and lock yeah. it in. Yeah. I think uh, Doug was tech. I was on the way there because I was leaving something else. I had, I was at work or something like, I forgot what I was doing. You had a work then party was, for Z. Yes. We had a work party for Z. And so I ended up leaving Z's um, work party. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday, whatever, buddy. Um, and so we, I come to the, he texts me and he's like, there's a line. And I said, like, Oh, well, fuck, I, was, I yeah, forget. I Usually Doug and I are watching this movie like on a Saturday oh, afternoon, Sunday afternoon, some Sunday <laughs> afternoon, something like that. Nobody's really there. We went in and the and the theater was actually, you know, we had to actually look for a seat. We had yeah. to stand in line for tickets. We had, you know, in our small town, it's like, you know, oh, that's cute. But like, it is still like mm-hmm. something that we got to adjust to from time to time, walking mm-hmm. in, not just picking your favorite seat. You got to go and adjust and pick a different seat. And Or really the, the whole seat thing. Where- the seat where no one's going to make us make snide remarks yes. while the movie is going. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, or, kick, or try to kick us out. And I think that this movie um, was for the age range of our community. I think I think you're right. Nostalgia purposes. Like, I oh, think that, sure. that was like right up Vermilion's Alley, where it could be oh, something sure. new and something and something like nostalgic for people who already know about Ghostbusters. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so. um, but Marcus, I'm curious and, if you could relegate us with your barbershop summary. Yeah. of Ghostbusters Afterlife. What do you got, Blake? <laughs> okay, basically, what had happened was, there's, so the, this this movie is a big homage for the old Ghostbusters that we all know and love while introducing the new Ghostbusters that we all want to know and love. This seems like a redemption for that that tragic mess that they tried to do a while ago. Um, the all The all-female cast Ghostbusters, not because it was all-female cast, but because the writing was just terrible. It was, it was bad. It was just yeah. a terrible movie. So, anyway, you get this movie, right? 
And in the beginning, it starts off with some shadowy old man figure. He's running in this, you know, I mean, he's in in this big farm and in this mm-hmm. farm in the middle of nowhere. And he's being chased by something. He doesn't really, you know, we don't really see what it is. But or actually, it might be one of the gargoyles from one of the. the um, oh, sure, sure, sure. Movies. Yep. So he's being chased and he has like one of the classic traps, um, one of the classic ghost traps from the original Ghostbusters mm-hmm. carrying it around. He goes to his house. He tries to set off this something with a pedal and it doesn't even work. Okay, so then mm-hmm. he goes into the house. He tries to he hides the box. He tries to set some stuff up, you know, because he knows that he's going to have to, like, sacrifice himself. So then, boom, this thing dies. You see a ghost thing leave. Then you get fast forwarded into the life of this mom with two kids. And she has two children and um, one of the kids from Stranger Things. And the other one, I, I'm not honestly sure where um, her name is Phoebe in the movie, um, where Phoebe is from in other shows. But she was actually really, really good. A really, really good lead in I'll, this. I'll look her up. Look her up. Okay, thank you. So, so then they got the two kids, and the mom is struggling. She ain't, you know, what I mean, she can't hold a job. She gets evicted from the house because the person that died in the beginning was her pops. Okay, so her pops, who she didn't have a good relationship. In fact, she had a terrible relationship, so bad it made her hate science and it made her hate Ghostbusting. Well, not really, but like whatever. So then, like, <laughs> she goes, and then like she's like, oh, I'm about to go visit my dad. I'm about to have a big fat check for you. I can pay everything off. She gets evicted from the house as she leaves. She mm-hmm. takes the kids to this small town, and when she takes them to the small town, she's like, yeah, I'm up at this farm and he's like oh you all up at the dirt farm like with the crazy old man who didn't know nobody and he really secluded himself and it was like damn that's my dad and so she goes and then adopts his house because they have nowhere else to go they meet paul rudd who is a um he is a um, seismologist and um yep. he's a seismologist and a substitute teacher and he runs into phoebe and phoebe is like super duper smart the son is like oh, yeah he's very like a mechanic ish. He's more, he's more yes. good with the car and he's very good at stuff like that. Right. And so he got the summer job. He has his group of friends. Phoebe is like trying to figure things out and trying to find out who, who she is and where her voice is. And then like finds this mystery and there's all these earthquakes and there's a whole bunch of shit shaking. And every time something shake, everybody's like, Oh my God, it's another earthquake. And so really the earthquakes <laughs> is the ghostbuster little line thing. You know, when you go cross the beams, mm-hmm. you got to cross the beams to kill it. The dad, the, 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 the her dad who she hates um, is, was one of the original ghostbusters at the beginning ha surprise and so then they take it and he built this machine where you cross the streams to keep down the ghosts and that's what every time that uh, uh what you call it happens that's what that is and so phoebe then finds all this stuff the the the, the grand her phoebe's granddad isn't actually dead he's in the afterlife so he's a ghost and he's guiding her through how to fix all these things and phoebe's already smart he's just teaching her new shit about the ghost stuff the son is finding his way and finding new friends and stuff like that but also he's like fixing the old car and you know getting it up and then they meet new people, kid named podcast, and they this whole group has to work to discover, you know, what the hell's going on. The the yeah. um the 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 big bad is trying to come back. That was in the original Ghostbusters, trying to come back with the two guard dogs and stuff. One guard dog is Paul Rudd. One guard dog is the mom. They have sex. They do it in the sand, just like in Eternals, because everybody wants to do it in the sand. Hey, I guess that and cave like, stuff. That cave stuff is a kink. That cave stuff, hey man, like you, you know, I'm here to judge. Get your shit off. Like, hey, just get your shit off. Get your shit off. Like, but yeah. so essentially that's what the whole movie is about. Like without diving too deep into it. Like that's the whole premise of the movie is them trying to figure out how to stop this thing that's coming because it's, it's supposed to be an apocalyptic thing. They're in this new town, her trying to forgive her dad and paying this whole thing just pays tribute to the original Ghostbusters. It's, you know what? That's a great summary without giving anything away. That's a great summary. And yeah. I appreciate that that summary and I um, you. thank you i will also say yes. that from here on forward nothing will be spoiler free 
So no. if you are trying to avoid uh, spoilers for this movie, uh, ignore like hit pause on this um, or sign away from the live stream or hit pause on the on the podcast, and then come back to us later. Um, but let me answer your question about who plays Phoebe in yes. Ghostbusters Afterlife. McKenna the actress's Grace. name is McKenna Grace. Um, and McKenna Grace has been in a lot of different things. That's um, what she was in. Yep. Sorry, so she I'm was in. So she was in The Handmaid's Tale. She was in Young Sheldon. She played um, young Daphne in Scoob. She was in Captain Marvel. She played young Carol in Captain Marvel. So she's been in a lot of different things. Um, but to give everybody a little bit of a rundown um, of, and I'm only going to give everybody a, a rundown of like the top six, because I kind of want to save some of these other ones for later. Um, yeah. So Carrie Coon plays Callie, which is the mom. Um, Paul Rudd plays Gruberson. Um, Gary Gruberson, um, <laughs> who's the science teacher. Uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things plays Trevor. McKenna Grace plays Phoebe. Logan Kim plays Podcast, um, which is his name. Um, and then Celeste O'Connor plays Lucky, which is sort of the love interest opposite um which Trevor is interesting in, which is very interesting um as far as like box office and budget and so on and so forth is concerned um this movie made 44 million dollars this weekend like and it did pretty pretty well and yeah. the thing that i like about that is its budget was 75 million dollars yes, so uh... it opened up and took in half of its budget um half of its budget in the box office uh, which is pretty, which is really good. And that's what you like yeah. to see. I said, I will think, I would think that this movie would make money just based on what we watched, like the yeah. numbers of it. I would expect yeah. it to make money in the long run, but yeah, not that that's necessarily important or any predetermined, predetermining factor of how good it is. Um, but I would expect it to do well in the box office. I, I, I they've already seemed to have, have announced a sequel, the director. Yeah. Um, they were yeah. already saying like, some of the love interest or some of the things that were teased in the in this film, especially mm -hmm. the after the after after credit scene, will be answered yeah. in po in the sequel, is what he said. So yeah, I'm assuming that they've already greenlit or have plans for a sequel. Um, yeah. and I'm not surprised it's making money. First of all, no. Ghostbusters, anything Ghostbusters, I think people will see to see what the hullabaloo is mm -hmm. about and to see if you're doing it justice. And then when you actually watch this movie, of course, of course, you give it a sequel. Like I yeah. think it, it makes sense. There's so many. Everything is answered in this movie, but then mm -hmm. there are more questions that are given in the end of this movie. Oh, um, sure. And so yeah. I'm going to start off there. This is where I'm going to start. Right. But, um, one of the things I really liked about this movie is the ads. Nothing gave anything away. Oh, everything you mean, like, that the marketing teased, of it. Yeah. The marketing yeah. and everything that led up to this. It wasn't like how typically people have been doing marketing where it gives away the entire story. Oh, what sure. I thought yeah. was going to happen did not happen. Whoever I thought the lead was going to be was not the lead. And it oh. allowed me to just yeah. experience a movie. And so I really want to give kudos to the marketing of this movie beforehand. Oh, 100%. I mean, this movie was the way that this movie was billed. And I get I get the way that you marketed, especially with the announcement that Paul Rudd was named People's yes. Sexiest Man, which... Yes. Yes. I could talk. I could talk a whole ten minutes about how I'm really excited about that. Yeah, um, let's but get it might... into it. Let's fuck this movie. Yeah. yeah. So, but I. So anyway, I'm just surprised <laughs> that he was named World's Sexiest Man. Uh, now I can't yeah. get off of it. That's the yeah. problem. I can't uh, get off of it. Okay. Um, and it's nice to see somebody who like 
looks he's willing to go and make a series of dick jokes. I mean, this man was an anchor man, and he just all he did. I mean, remember his role from Anchor Man, putting yeah. on Sex Panther. The, Panther, Sex Panther. The, the same man who put on Sex Panther is yeah. the same man who just won World Sexiest Man. Because Doug, if he can do it. You can do it. That's the reason why I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it's Chris Evans nice. is a little bit hard to reach, and then like Hugh Jackman is a little bit hard to reach. But like Paul Rudd, he's not the every man. Dwayne, I'm not going to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, I don't have the quads for it. Like yeah. it's just not going to happen. Okay. But but Paul Rudd, yeah, I could do that. Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is the he's the every man's sexy man. Oh, absolutely. Name, name I completely agree. Um, <laughs> every man's sexy man. I love that. Um, anyway, um. But yeah, they build him as the lead. Like I did not expect yeah. the way that this for him to be involved and for him to essentially be the Rick Moranis of this movie. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking Ghostbusters 1984 terms, um, which is when the original one came out, that was Rick Moranis was the like he gets eaten, he gets taken on by the dog and he becomes Zool and the gatekeeper mm -hmm. and or the key master rather. And I was like really kind of like I'm happy they did that. Like, I'm glad mm -hmm. that they said they left. They gave you enough to intrigue me into seeing it, but they didn't give it away that he wasn't the main feature. Mm -hmm. So I just, I really appreciated that choice. Like I thought that that was good. And I thought it was a good move by the marketers to keep people interested because yeah. too much of this is giving stuff like that away, which too I much. just yeah. get tired. Of. And, and I also, I also understand when you market this movie as um, it's going to be kind of led by kids, quote unquote, mm -hmm. That could be kind of a turnoff because everybody oh, kind of feels that is always like, oh, this is for the new generation or it's a movie by kids for kids. Um, yeah. And that wasn't the case in this. It was like it was a realistic real world experience where kids fit into adult life. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh, it's a kid's yeah. world. And that's all that it is. It's like real life stuff doesn't happen. And it's like, no, that's that's not all that it focused on. It had plot lines. It had subplots that actually fit into the movie or made sense. And, you know, it didn't feel like forced or rushed. But no. the marketing was just super. I, I just really enjoyed the fact that they did not, although the movie did get pushed back a, a bit. Like um, a year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and they, they had all these teasers out, but still I enjoyed the fact that I didn't, I didn't have any expectations going into this. No, no, yeah. not at all. And some of the other reveals that I like in this movie, I really appreciated like Olivia Wilde yeah. plays Gozer the Gozerian, like, yeah. which I was like, what? Like, I did not expect her Those at all. Bones. Marcus and I had to like, we wished we could have paused it and like looked at each other and been like, who is that? Because yes. there was a conversation of like, who is that? I did um, as looked at the screen and said, I know those cheekbones. <laughs> and I said, who's the fucking cheekbone? And who it bothered me. I said, whose goddamn cheekbones is that? Yeah. And also really quick, anybody who's like, oh man, these guys talk in theaters. Look, we're quiet about it. We're not out. <laughs> we're not out here like disrupting the movie, having a full fledged conversation. Yeah. It's no. whispered and hushed. Tones. It is whispered. And, and if get off my back, even if we do talk in the movie, like y'all don't talk in the goddamn movie. Yeah, Nobody says anything. Get out of here with that shit. Like, I'm supposed to remember everything to talk about after the movie. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Sometimes I got to make my point right then and there. Jeez. Um, like when I told Marcus that these pipes be bussing, like yeah. in the in the middle of the theater, um, because that's that's how I was feeling about yes. it. Yep. Um, yeah, let's. But you're on. right, you're right. Like there were a lot of other reveals. Like, um, who played who played the the guy who was buried in that cave? 
goddamn uh JK Simmons played yeah. Ivo Shandor. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Are you which what? Which there was a scene where Ivo turns his head and kind of looks at the kid, but that definitely wasn't Ivo. It, it definitely wasn't like J.K. Simmons. Simmons. It definitely wasn't J.K. Simmons at that point. When J.K. Simmons comes to life, once again, spoilers. When J.K. Simmons comes to life, then it looks like J.K. Simmons wearing bad makeup and bad whatever. You know what I mean? Like him right. coming back to life. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I there's so many people that come in this movie that I was not expecting to come in at the point where they came in, no. and it kind of fucked me up because I was like, damn. In any other situation, this would be a overload or overkill. Oh, yeah. Of, like celebrities and new shit to like bring in at the end of a movie. But I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm liking this. Yeah. And I will say this other part of this, too, which I which I really liked, too. And this is kind of feeds into that. The original Ghostbusters or the original two Ghostbusters lays so much premise on you. Mm-hmm. So Ghostbusters 1984, you learn about Gozer, you learn about like the Marshmallow Man, you learn about all of this, right? Mm-hmm. And there's never a moment where you're watching that original one going like, oh man, I really need the backstory for this. Yes. And what I appreciate about this movie is it gives you something you didn't ask for and you're actually happy to receive it. Yeah, that's it a good gave, point. It gave me something, it gave me the backstory of like, Ivo Shand- Evo Shandor mm-hmm. and the the metal that built the steel girders mm-hmm. and like even the moments where you know Phoebe would say something essentially the same thing that they said in 84 mm-hmm. that they said now and it's like oh yeah you're right like there's parts of this where I got to relive some of the detail about it that I really really appreciated so like yeah. uh the the kid podcast says oh yeah they made they made these steel they made these girders out of this particular metal and phoebe says well why would there why would you build an electroconductor why would you make girders out of an electroconductor like that doesn't make any sense and all that did was make me think back to ghostbusters when ray says like nobody builds them this way mm-hmm. like i just there was these moments where those two things meshed up and lined up that i thought was just really cool it wasn't it wasn't excessive or gratuitous mm-hmm. um nostalgia it was something just kind of nice and more detail than I thought that I needed, but was glad that I received. So yeah, it was just really interesting. This, this movie, I, I, it's, it's, this movie was for as much as I'm going to say it was for new fans. This movie was definitely for um, the old fans of Ghostbusters. Oh, for like, sure. If you are somebody who appreciates the original Ghostbusters, yeah. I think you're going to like this movie. If you've watched Ghostbusters, over, if you're one of the people who watched it over a million times, you're going to like this movie. And because there's that, so many references and there's so many callbacks and there's so many. And it's not like an annoying reference or an annoying hmm. callback. It's just something so simple that you're like, oh, yep, that. Yep, that happened. That definitely yep, made sense. That was the thing. Yep. All that adds up. And that's yeah. definitely me. Like I, I consumed just about everything Ghostbusters for a little while. So. My dad introduced me to this movie yeah. um, when I was young. And I remember being terrified of the dogs that ran around. Um, and sometimes my my parents liked to, to see me respond and get spooked. So they would sometimes chase me around the house saying Zool to me. Um, and so I, but I remember, but that's when I first kind of got introduced to it. And then they released a video game when I was in college that I, like, I spent hours playing mm-hmm. just because I enjoyed it so much. Um, and I even would say that, as much as the like the one with the all female cast got kind mm-hmm. of like torn apart, 
I don't think that movie was terrible. I didn't care for it, but it just it it wasn't it didn't feel like traditional Ghostbusters to me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't bad. It had its moments for sure. Um, but yeah, this was this was this was really just kind of a treat to experience and to see. Um, and there were some really, really cool moments in there. So yeah, yeah, it was um, good. Um, I also appreciated Phoebe, like just the sense of humor in this. And I think yes. like to bring up to bring up the like the the middle, the all female cast. I think mm-hmm. the humor in this one did a better job than that one did of feeling like it matched up with its original inspiration. I can tell you after you get. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. I could tell you after you get done with your point. Mm-hmm. What I think the problem with the all female cast version was. OK, OK. Um, and so, okay. like, I want you to go. Ahead I'm going to and... wrap up my point then, because I'm very okay. curious. Yeah. So oh, yeah. here's here's my my point is this the the all female cast so i think it's like ghostbusters call to action i think is what the like tagline of that was maybe yeah, i'm not sure yeah. anyway but the all female cast of that it didn't it felt very it just the the sense of humor just didn't quite match up for me in what i knew the original to be um and it's not the it's not that i don't think female comedians are funny i absolutely do so i don't want this i don't want to get comments from oh that's not what this is about at all I don't want the, I don't want, this isn't for you. This is for everybody hey, else. Man, fuck them people in the comments. We know what we're talking about. Man. Come on, come on. Let's get, we got movie to talk about. That's that very true. But anyway, so I, but this one, like all of Phoebe's jokes were hilarious to me. Yeah. Like, and the moments that like built around her and her sense of humor, the fact that like her brother, Trevor tells her that the way she should make friends is to start with a joke. And the jokes she tells are so dark. Dry. Like, what do you call a dead cat? anything it's dead dead, like (laughs) i was like what um so i really enjoyed the 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 comedy in this and i really enjoyed the humor in this overall it's just something for me yeah and and i will agree with that i do think that the comedy was it was well placed Mm -hmm. you know when it was meant to be funny it was meant to be funny when it was meant to be a moment that you're supposed to understand or evaluate a scene for you to try to figure it out one one of the things i think i also enjoyed in this was piecing together the mystery together with the movie oh like, sure there wasn't anything that kind of just gave it away like the numbers on the wall they yeah. never what i really liked in this movie it was something so fucking small but when they walked into the granddad's house and they saw the numbers mm-hmm. on the top of the wall and then they saw the same numbers in the um in the cave that they went into right mm-hmm. um they never went back to reference that oh these are the same numbers that granddad no. had on the wall I they just, just let out. you figure that shit out and was yeah. like i said for myself oh shit those must be the numbers that were on top of the wall and and just we just went on with the movie that was one of the things i really enjoyed because it was like god damn it like thank you for allowing me to figure this shit out with you mm-hmm. and if it's something that i needed to rewatch later on and yeah. be like, oh shit i didn't even notice the numbers that are there are the same numbers that are on the wall yeah so like that was a that was a great moment for me. So the funny moments were funny, the discovering moments were discovering, and even the sentimental mushy gushy moments mm-hmm. were perfectly executed. Nothing was overdone. And that yeah. is what I enjoyed about this movie is that nothing was overdone, which brings me to my point about this Ghostbusters movie. I, I guess it was just called Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um 2016 the 2016 version of Ghostbusters. What I think, and this is just Marcus J. Destin's opinion of this, it has nothing to do with it being an all-female cast because I feel like you could no. do this movie with an all-female cast and and it would be, be fine. It would be just as good as this version, and I feel like this movie is a redemption of 
that movie. Oh, yeah. Right? Here's what I'll say. Here's what I think the problem is. Okay. I think the problem is that too much of this, too much of the comedy in the 2016 version was Melissa McCarthy type comedy because she was the oh, lead in sure. this. And so I've seen enough of her movies, which some of them I enjoy mm-hmm. and some of them I like kind of miss me, which is, you know, that's life. I think that a lot of the comedy was based to like, was kind of based around making her the lead of the movie. Oh, and sure. to me, I can't do a whole movie of, Melissa McCarthy extended moments where she's getting fucked up and like she's getting beat up and down yeah. and you know like that, if you watch enough of her movies you'll definitely know what I'm talking about right and I just feel like there was a lot of that and I didn't enjoy me personally I just did not enjoy right. that I can't say that that's why the movie didn't do well overall I right. think some of the writing was off I think that there was no real like plot there or real yeah. anything to really keep me hooked but for me my thing was I just it was too much of Melissa McCarthy type comedy. And yeah. I cannot do that for the span of how long was this goddamn movie? This, this one movie was, was one hour and fifty-six minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah, I, I can't do that either. And I think the other thing that this one did that was like again, I we, this doesn't need to be a comparison, but what I really right. appreciated that this one did that the other one did not is this one did an excellent job of like not forcing characters to be versions of the original four uh, yes but just kind of let them play out and let them yes. fall where they fall and let you kind of be like oh well you know obviously phoebe's the egon and yeah. podcast is supposed to be the ray but the other two don't really fit and it, that's the thing that i appreciated about this whereas with that one it was like we've already typecast all these people mm-hmm. and they act according to it's basically it felt like it was written by a computer the old yeah. the the one in between was this character does this this character does this, mm-hmm. this character, this, this character does this. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciated by that is they let the characters in this one break away from that. Yeah. And they didn't type or force anybody into a, an, an arc or a box. And I just felt like it was really, really great. And we got to see some emotion in this too. Like mm-hmm. when Phoebe is upset about how nobody appreciates what her grandfather was willing to fax, yeah. sacrifice or the relationship with the mother of yeah. like having to understand some deep, painful, family issues yeah like that was really really like a a really special moment that i really appreciated um and was happy that it was in there it was nice to see some emotionality and some connection behind them um so i just felt like this was this was well written like this was just really well written and i appreciate um to your point that like the writers never forced or over explained anything they just kind of let stuff play out and um i really just kind of enjoyed it like just all of it it was a good ride and um, much like Marcus, I was kind of like, I should see that again. So I'm very excited for this to come out, um, like on streaming or DVD so I can watch it again. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things that I could, you could kind of tell a movie is, well, sometimes you can kind of tell a movie is well-written on based on how I receive characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot of times there's people who, you know, judge movies or whatever the case may be, it's people who enjoy movies too. We can yeah. watch things, but we're watching things knowing that they're actors acting. Um, oh sure. For me in this movie, the mom got on my goddamn nerves up until oh, sure. that moment where um her her dad, her ghost, the ghost version of her dad shows her like, oh, I've been keeping up with you this entire time. Like, right. I, not, I didn't just abandon you. I just, you know, I've been here the whole time paying attention in the background. 
Um, and so leading up to that moment, the mom got on my goddamn nerves. Like I thought something I thought she was gonna be the villain for a majority. I thought something like she was gonna get possessed or something and become the villain of this, but I could see that. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, but like it was just like I don't know. I, I just I just I was not enjoying her up until like there were moments where it was kind of shining through the the relationship between her and Paul Rudd. Loved how unforced that was and how natural oh, sure. they made that. Um, and it was it was still cool for me. Like I enjoyed that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but before that, I was like, she is a terrible fucking mom, and like she is like not the best. And I get and I know that that's the point. But right. I was like, some of the things she's saying and how she hates science and how she hates all this other stuff. And your daughter is built in science, and like you know what I mean. Like that's right. her thing. It was annoying. To, it was literally annoying to me where the movie was so good. I had to pick my least favorite character. That's what I feel like the human mind right. is like. Yeah. I'm watching this and I'm like, I have to pick somebody that I don't like. And guess what? It's you. I don't it's like you. you at all. Yeah. And what I appreciated is Paul Rudd asked the question that I was thinking as an audience member. It's like, mm. okay, your dad left you, but why do you hate science as a result? Like, yeah. And the second thing is. Like, as a mom, your daughter clearly has an affinity and an aptitude, and even your son to a certain extent. I mean, mm-hmm. that that kid has got to be, he's, what do you say, 15? 15. He was 15. And knew he's how to fix 15, the car. and he can fix an engine? Yeah. Like, they both have an aptitude for, and their brains work in that sort of mete- like mechanical, scientific way. Mm-hmm. And you as a mom are like, I'm just not interested in science. That's the part of me where I was like, fuck you. Like I even if Harrison came up to me tomorrow and said, like, dad, surprise, I'm really into my little pony. I'm not going to be like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to learn anything about it. Yeah, please. I hope that that doesn't. Well, you know, it could. could. Um, You put that in the universe because that's the one thing I don't. That's the one fandom I don't get. But that's a separate separate podcast. Fandom runs deep too. that one. That is that is that goes. That goes to the earth, yeah. earth's core. That yeah. one. Um, but I was just kind of like, you're not going to feign an interest. So I think she was easy up until that redemption moment. Yes, I think he, she was easy to loathe yeah. for the first uh, like act and a half. Yeah, um, for, of the movie. That's, that's a good. That's a good yeah. measurement. Act and a yeah. Half. One yeah. of the things I didn't like. And, good. And for me, one of the how I, I'm trying to figure out how to put how to put this. One of the things that I was not a fan of is okay. okay you talk i need to figure out how to word this. okay okay i'll yes. tell you something i did not necessarily yes. care for yeah um i feel as if there were some like um like I, with the kids and i'm trying to figure so the kids in the way that they just kind of dove into shit mm-hmm. like i think that's the one part of this where I kind of, I don't want to say I had a hard time relating to it, but it was one of those moments where I was like, these kids are 10 times braver than any kid that I've ever met in my life. Because do you understand that four children rode a abandoned mine cart, like basically trolley down to a place where there were actively ghosts and demons crawling up out of the floor and not one of those kids shit themselves like actively right there in the middle of that room. Because if that were me, I'd be like, yo, I got to get the fuck out of here now. Like I would be up that cart like so fast. So I just, I appreciated it. I didn't need an explanation. I'm glad that it was a, a story about like heroism and bravery and letting your curiosity get the best of you. 
totally appreciate that storyline. There were moments where I was like, no fucking way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I and I think that kind of leads into my it kind of leads into my the thing okay. that I didn't like. It's how do you forget Ghostbusters? That's fair. That's um, a very and, good point. And that that was my whole beef was finding out that this actually did exist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, because first of all, you, the the question is, does that Ghostbusters from the from eighty four? Yeah. Does the, the, you know do those moments still exist in yes. here? It's kind of like when I watch Creed and you see old oh, Rocky sure. Balboa footage within Creed on YouTube. Oh sure. It was kind of unbelievable to me to think that people just forgot about. Oh, Ghostbusters yeah. and that Ghostbuster moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, granted, if you're looking at time, 84, a lot of years ago. at that time, that's 40 years ago. So a lot of people may forget, yeah. but like that's a huge moment in New York. There was a third, there was a 30-story marshmallow man walking how, down the street in New York City. There's not a monument that? of that somewhere. Yes. How like, do you not commemorate? How do you let the Ghostbusters who saved the city go broke? You know That's what I mean? Like, so question. there were a lot of questions that I had. Like, granted, it's the 80s, and they said about the economy, and I get all that. These are jokes yeah. that you're making. And granted, this stuff is real. That kind of stuff happens all the time. Your heroes oh, for sure. go broke, or whatever. But it was kind of unrealistic to me to say that these people knew nothing about their granddad, and their granddad was a hero of New York City. Right. Couldn't yep, that's Google a fair him, point. Couldn't, couldn't do anything, couldn't Google your last name or anything like that. And, and, and just like I don't know how even the people around him was like you don't know about Ghostbusters and, and the kids are like Ghost what like no that's right. impossible right somebody would have said something it's a story or, that gets passed down I would think but like or maybe not maybe I'm like maybe like those stories become like more legends and myths instead of like something that or, actually happened or maybe it's possible that like I mean and this shit happens all the time and and so I'm speculating and maybe creating my own little fan theory here of mm-hmm. like. You know, the mayor at the time uh, in Ghostbusters 84, anyway, used to said, like, I would look like the hero of the city. So maybe as history got rewritten over time, they got written out and it got story about okay. there was a story about the mayor's ability to, like, call to action. And so they fell to the wayside. Um, so maybe that's yeah. it. I don't know. But that's an interesting point of, like. And I think that that's sometimes my problem with some of these universe building movies is that like you overlook one thing. And for some of our brains like yours and mine, like it's hard to look past that. Like you can't Google like a giant, like 30 foot marshmallow man. Like you can't Google any of that. And secondly, the fact that the stay puffed company is still in business after that incident. No fucking way. Like if that happened and did nowadays, they would be sued by the federal government for damages against the city of New York and they'd be out of business. Yeah. Or they're like Johnson and Johnson and they just do a little bit of everything and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like they do a little bit of COVID vaccine. They do a little bit of like lotion for your elbows and they just kind of do whatever the fuck they want. That was more realistic to me than forgetting that they existed you know what i mean like i i just that was the the hard part yeah Yeah. that was the hard part for me is like you your mom maybe doesn't tell you who your what your last name is your lineage last name i get that but you should be able to google like ghostbusters they weren't just busting ghosts when the 30 foot marshmallow came they were both they were busting ghosts after that for a little bit yeah remember when they turned the statue of liberty into a walking statue and they rode that across the bay into downtown new york again there's got to be some evidence of this somewhere like 
especially for the Statue yeah. of Liberty. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not like <laughs> it's not like I mean they put it back at the end, mm -hmm. but nobody took a picture. Nobody, nobody I mean, said anything. And it's like, how do you let your kids? who, you know, you are part of saving the world and all this other stuff mm -hmm. like that. How do you let the kids of the hero who saved the world in New York go broke? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I guess that just goes to show the point in the movie of how like distant and how removed Egon yes. was. Yeah. Because I have got to believe that if Ernie Hudson made his money, if Winston, sorry, Winston Zeddemore played by Ernie Hudson, if mm -hmm. Winston Zeddemore made his money like that and was taken care of Ray, he absolutely would have taken yeah, care of this family. For sure. Too. Like, for I sure. know he absolutely For would've. sure. For sure. So, so yeah, that was yeah. just one of that. It's, it's once again, it's one of those little things. But for everybody else watching the movie, I'm sure that was a moment that just passed. Yeah. And nobody really paid attention to, which is perfectly fine. Oh, but yeah. This me, is very nitpicky. Yeah. Very, very nitpicky. But it was just one question that I do have. And it's something that I think if you're going to build upon this universe in whatever way you, you whatever way you think this is going to happen. Keep in mind that people don't just forget moments like that in real life. No, they don't. No, yeah, yeah no, they like, don't yeah. just get erased entirely. There's a record of them somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's a good point. I want to I have another moment and this kind of has to deal with the like post post credit scene okay. um so the post post credit scene is um the woman who played the secretary i believe her name is let me look her up she, quick. Her um is. but she is waiting in a waiting room getting Annie ready Potts. to any pots play a uh, janine melnitz um so janine is waiting to speak to ernie in a room and they're having a conversation about and they do a flashback between um, Egon and um, Janine and they're having a mm -hmm. conversation um, but she's waiting out there and Ernie is telling this story about how like he's always going to be a ghostbuster and even if he made his money like even and how he's paying for Ray's bookstore and mm -hmm. like all of this stuff but he really wants to like leave it for the next generation and then you see it kind of go back to the, the inside of the firehouse and yeah. Ecto-1 pulls in um, and then it ends with this sort of like mini stay puff marshmallow man with the like ghostbusters logo over it my question is is i feel like there were moments that were leading i i, I want to know when that post credit when the decision to include that was made mm, like okay was that made when the initial story was written or was that made at the end like since they had so much time they could maybe have shot it um you know during during covid and here's the reason why i asked that and if this is going to seem really nitpicky and, mm -hmm. it, and it is um because when ray talks about the original firehouse when when phoebe is on the phone he says to her that's a starbucks like that doesn't exist yeah. anymore like yeah. that's not a thing and so when he pulls in there is this moment um and a friend of mine actually pointed this out who saw it on so saturday funny. he goes so they brought that he said that that was a starbucks and i was like Oh yeah, you're right. They did. He did. So my question is, when did they make the decision to include that? Because if they, because I feel like they, and again, it's really nitpicky, but they they didn't go back and clean that up. No, I don't think that's nitpicky. Place. I think that's a good point. Yeah, because my that's my question is, because if you wanted to do it to set up whatever you're gonna set up, which definitely seems like either a sequel or a series, um, I don't know. But it just seems like a kind of like an oversight on their end to have a character reference it and then to actively go and do 
a shot on the inside, the interior where it's not a Starbucks. Cause that was not a Starbucks that was run down and everything. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm thinking back on it now. And that entire post credit scene seemed like it was cut together very weird. And here's why yeah. you have the flashback scene between, mm-hmm. um, Oh God, I'm sorry. His, what is his name? Egon. Egon. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Egon and Janine. Mm-hmm. And that is, it is literally a shot from that ghost ghostbusters. Oh yeah. Before, right. And I thought that that was just going to be like a rest in peace. Harold. Yes. Remus. I, that's yes. all that I thought that that was. That's all that I thought it was, but obviously there's a gold coin that's referenced in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Janine is talking to oh, Winston token. Yep. And, and so like, they're, they're all talking to each other. And that she's asking him how he's made so much money and this importance. And I guess she's interviewing him. Don't really know what's going on there. Oh, that's Winston, a, yeah. Winston is explaining his riches and his wealth and all this other stuff. It kind of felt like the start to another movie. It absolutely felt that way. Um, it, it didn't feel like the end to this one, but the start to something else and not like a teaser start. It just felt like here's the beginning of another movie. Why Winston, we got to explain why Winston is so rich, mm-hmm. what Ghostbusters meant to him and like him putting his hand on the car. We know that the car means a lot to him. It does. Um, obviously in the 2016 version, it's referenced that it's um, Leslie Jones is. Uncle? I think you're right. Yeah. Can't I think remember. you're right. Yeah. But something happens with the car and they steal the car and they redo it. And the car is always a big thing. Um, but I don't know. It just, it was cut together weirdly. And I do agree with you. They must have did this in post. I'm going to answer your question. They, they had, had to do to. this after. Yeah. Either find out that they got approved for a sequel or greenlit for a sequel or something, but it was just, we- it's weird. Or, or I mean, and you kind of, you and I kind of talked about this on our way out of the theater. Is that like, well, we talked about it at the beginning and on our way out. Sony is a sleeper. And I yeah. think they're yeah. this year. I think a lot of people are going to point to people like HBO yeah. Max and others as like people who made it out of 2021 with any type of like profit or measurable success but y'all forget sony signed a huge fucking deal with netflix to send all of their content to netflix once it's available to stream so and to put a pause in there this was going to be my news but sure to add to this power rangers which is i think a sony property i think yeah i think don't count me on that. I know it's a say bomb, but like somehow they go in there. Sony Power Rangers is developing a universe on Netflix. Holy like, shit. They're developing their Power Rangers universe on Netflix. So I do think Sony is very much so. While we may feel like Sony is having this argument over who's going to get Spider Man and all this other shit like that, and that's the only thing, mm-hmm. I think Sony has several universes set up that they are. There's a lot of franchises that Sony has that, that if they do it correctly, they could run shit in a different way that is not the Marvel universe. I think they have a lot more freedom. Yes. To be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I think that they have freedom to say, Good point. you know, a lot of like Disney's stuff has to either be connected to a couple of different places. It either has to be like, and Pixar, I think is the one exception because Pixar yeah. does feel like art for art's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you watch any of their shorts that are available on Disney plus and you should, they're awesome. Like all of them are good. Um, but if you go and watch any of their like little short, like 10 minute films, those are really good, but it does feel like Disney animation and it does feel like Marvel and star Wars and all this stuff has to have some impact on 
theme parks and TV mm-hmm. shows and all yeah, of this stuff. Is so it, it's also like tied together. And I think maybe Sony just had this realization of like, all right, we're never going to be able to make the decisions that are, we want to make for Spider-Man because mm-hmm. now Marvel's always going to have a hand in that because the fans kind of expect it with the exception of into the spider verse. Yes. Um, but what can we do? Well, let's, let's, Let's take a chance on this Ghostbusters Afterlife thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this looks really good. This could be something. Let's take a chance on, you know, Power Rangers. Let's make our bread and sell our rights to Netflix Venom. because we don't have the the ability. Because that's the other thing. Disney has to do movies, theme parks, streaming service, all of it really, really well. And they do. But that's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. And I think it's smart for Sony to sit back and make a statement like, we don't have the money, the time, or the F energy to be able to say, you know what? We're going to make our own streaming service. Mm-hmm. It's an overloaded platform. We're not going to try and put our name in it. Let's mm-hmm. partner with a. Let's partner with the one that already exists. Arguably, the, the OG biggest. of OG streaming services. Yeah. It was Hulu and Netflix when it first came on the scene. Let's partner with Netflix and we'll make it a thing. Yeah. And it's if this is what they're going to do and they can consistently make something reliable like that it works fuck, man get I after mean, it you think if you develop a you get a ghostbusters movie a really good ghostbusters movie mind you, oh yeah i couldn't tell by the way a really good ghostbusters movie oh yeah and then you say you're going to go to netflix and say all right let's have a mini series of this transition between the story we were telling with the um with, with this family Right. And maybe like try to transition into the car getting back to New York and right. what it is Winston is trying to do with this car before we start telling this the next story of the sequel and how the, we don't even we don't even have to take the time in the sequel to discuss how the family got back to New York. No. We could just say they just started up Ghostbusters Incorporated and right. this is what or, the fuck they wanted to do. Or Ghostbusters Academy, because right. yeah, New York has a lot of people in it and there are a lot of ghosts. But there's the whole West Coast. There's, right. I mean, Chicago. There's, they could go anywhere with this to say, we're going to start a Ghostbusters Academy to train mm-hmm. the next generation and we're going to call them recruits. Mm-hmm. And that's just where we're at. So, yeah, I mean, you could, and you could lean into these kids. And that's the other thing about this is that, like, because you made the decision to use people that were arguably like 13 to 17 years old. That is relatable mm-hmm. and you can inspire it to make it a, you could make it a kid show if you wanted to, and nobody show. would really be upset about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, and people would be able to connect with it. So they were smart. And yeah. I, although the post-credit scene seems kind of weirdly spliced together here and mm-hmm. there, um, this was really, I mean, if this is where they're going, kudos to Sony, don't sleep yeah. on them because they're going to make some, they're going to make some bread going forward. The more we talk about this, the the more I'm having this thought of this movie wasn't really about ghost. And, and what's interesting, and the reason I say that is because you That's have fair. this whole movie where the whole thing is we need to get these ghosts back. We need to stuff these ghosts back to where they came from. Mm-hmm. Right. So you do that. But then yep. the end of the movie isn't really about. OK, so then it seems like all of the ghosts that were coming out, we we captured all of them. There is no clue or hint to say that some of them survived or whatever the case may be. It looks like we did it. We captured the ghost. We we saved the day. That's the end. And the end of the movie is more focused on Ghostbusters as a brand or Ghostbusters as a name. Um, With Winston, like with this after credit scene, it seems like it's more not like 
he didn't do it because yo the world needs Ghostbusters because the ghosts are out again. It was like it was more like Ghostbusters made me who I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so right. the message kind of switched. And so for me, it felt like it wasn't really about the ghost. It no. was more so about what does Ghostbusters mean to you? Yeah. I, I think, and yeah. I would say the majority that like the movie itself, like it's, I'm going to separate my point into two. So the first is the movie itself, I would argue is a character piece and it's a story about family, both mm-hmm. your biological family and being able to work things through there okay. and your chosen family, like your family of friends mm-hmm. and coworkers and having some redemption there as well and trusting and believing in them and that's the majority of the story i mean if you think about this the original ghostbusters you saw a ghost at the beginning you Mm -hmm. saw slimer Mm -hmm. and you saw other ghosts once the events leading up to the finale happened Mm -hmm. in this you saw a chomper Mm -hmm. and you saw the two dogs you saw the weird zombie in the in the coffee slot that was it yeah, there were and no the, and other the baby sh- marshmallows and the baby marshmallows. And that was like, that was it. You didn't yeah. need to see anything else. And I think that that was smart writing because if they had, and there are some people who are like, Oh man, I really wish I had Slimer in this. I am so fucking glad I didn't see his green. Yeah, ass me in this. Too. Yeah, me too. Because if I, if I had seen him in this, I would have been like, Oh, so this was just nostalgia. Like yeah. that's all this was. Whereas I appreciated this being something compelling that could stand alone by itself. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I really appreciated that, that angle um, there. So I think this was a story about family and redemption and being able to work through previous traumas or misgivings and forgiveness. I think that that's what a large part Mm -hmm. of the story was about here. The post credit scene felt like it was a setting up an intersection between your point of like ghostbusters made me who I am. And like, fixing a previous generation's mm-hmm. mistake because the shot of the like ghost containment unit and it's starting to shake leads me up to whatever we get in the future is going to be this like Winston wants to train a new set of Ghostbusters and the whole containment unit explodes and so Winston is going to say great these people I just trained now have a job does the does the 2016 version exist in this universe because I don't now know because now i'm thinking about the 2016 version had a ghostbusters they had a a place didn't they redo the place where the ghostbusters were for their main office i feel like they might have but i and don't I, remember i can't really remember and now i'm trying to remember is maybe that post credit scene was to set up the 2016 version i mean maybe maybe this was before that but i mean either I, way, I, I, it's I don't think i don't think is, that it can. i'm missing something I don't think that it can. I, I got to be honest with you. I think I don't think that it can exist in this universe okay. because it can't set up that one because no. of the numbers on the wall. Well, yes, the and, events and also, have to take pl- the events have to take place as they take place because the next traumatic event was 2021. Okay, right, and I agree with that. Yeah. So okay, yes. Yeah. So the way that the numbers on the wall, right. Yeah, I agree. So now my issue is th- you address the 84 version of Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. What about the 16 version of Ghostbusters? So maybe I... it just does not exist at all. Like, are you trying to 
clean, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Are you trying to clean house and say like this just didn't exist? And we I think they're trying to etch, I think they're trying to etch a sketch it. I think they're not going. I don't think anybody who's involved in this version in this version mm, is going to look is going to. Well, you know, got to be careful with those. Um, anyone who's got to got to involved in a virgin. Um, Douglas, you bad naughty boy. I can't get past it now. I'm going to keep laughing because of that. That slip. Do you know how many times like I record like either like video messages for the podcast or a TikTok, and I say like. Like I say, like sex, or I say tit by mm -hmm. accent. I'm like, God damn it! Like, and I have yep. to start all the way over yep. again. Um, <laughs> TikTok ain't gonna allow that. It no, it is not. Um, but what I was saying is, like, I think they're trying to etch a sketch this, yeah. and they're trying to shake it clean. I think yeah. they're trying to say that one doesn't exist. And I think the unfortunate reality of it is, is it's because that 2016 version was not endorsed by any members of the original three or four ghostbusters that were, were still alive the were they not in that movie N well bill murray was but that. bill murray is not a great measuring stick because bill murray bill, bill is, murray but i feel like he'll do anything dude there's a whole documentary about bill murray on netflix i think yeah. or maybe it was hulu but he literally the story is like he'll just show up places and hang out <laughs> like and and what people describe him as is like so bill murray grew up doing improv comedy and mm -hmm. bill the whole message around improv is yes and well fucking bill murray decided to get a tattoo of a crest of his cre family crest with the phrase yes and on it because if somebody says like hey bill we're gonna go to a concert and drop some uh acid and listen to some folk music he's like Okay, cool, man. And I then he'll actually it. fucking show up. Jesus like, Christ. and that's so he just kind of lives life by his own rules. Shout out to Bill. Shout out to Bill. But I think he didn't. He was in it, but I don't think that that was necessarily an endorsement. And he wasn't in it as a Ghostbuster. No. Oh, he that's was, true. He was in it as something else. That's and true. if you interviewed, and I remember at the time, Dan Aykroyd came out and said, "I think that the fact that they're redoing this is trash." And they're not even going to try and talk to us about it. Yeah. Like he had some very strong words for the producers of that movie at the time to say like, fuck you. Like we don't want to be involved in it. Cause that Whereas, was a complete bunny grab. Like, come on now. It did feel that way. It was, it was um, a complete bunny grab. And then the other thing is, is that Dan Aykroyd wrote, co-wrote this. Which helps you have somebody right. from the original helping yep. write this. That's why everything feels so goddamn cohesive. Like, mm -hmm. you paid the right homage to the right people, and I don't, you know what else? I don't need to see the Ghostbusters every movie. If they do a sequel to this, guess what? I do not need to see the original three. Like, oh. you can have one or two, and I think even if you do incorporate them, that's perfect, too, but I don't have to have them to justify a Ghostbusters movie. Already yeah. had them in the first one. I think that the scene to set up and the reveals were perfect. When you yeah. have Force Ghost, um, uh, Force Ghost, uh, <laughs> force go a force ghost at the end of this one the force ghost was <laughs> at the end of this one um and and i enjoyed that i i like yeah. i really think that they did this well yeah and the other thing is is that like this one was closer i think the here's the one thing i will say is i do think that dan Aykroyd kind of gatekeep gate like gate kept like ghostbusters back in 2016 because his and biggest critique his well yeah that too his biggest critique of that 2016 version was that it cost mm -hmm. too much to make. And the budget yeah. for that one was 140, $140 million with all the reshoots and CGI and all that stuff. And the budget for this one was 75. Maybe. He's and so I, though. but I think he's probably right. I think 
And I think though it leans into this whole like discussion you and I had last week of like storytelling and flashy money grabs versus storytelling. And obviously we can see that like, this is an example of like, yeah, you used CGI with some of the ghosts, but you still used some practical effects too. Mm -hmm. Like with a throwback to using the actual like Zool, Mm -hmm. like big dog, like costume. Um, so I don't know. They're somewhere in the middle, but yeah, I have a feeling that this is a netcha sketch. I think that they are trying to shake the other 2016 version of Ghostbusters away from the record, and they're going to essentially say like, "Nope, it doesn't exist." Like we'll acknowledge it. We tried it; it didn't work. And I think they're just going to chalk that one up to yeah. a loss, which is fine. It I just feels weird to have. It feels weird to have a 140 million dollar loss. You will, did you know Josh Gad plays Muncher? I did not. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Josh. Josh Gad played Muncher. Okay. And Greg Turkington. Okay. Well, you they, know, they, uh, they both have a credit. Well, you know, he did have so he does have some experience making eating sounds from his role as Mo Diggum. So I mean, uh, he does. He. How could we forget Mo he, Diggums? We never can forget Mo. Never Diggums. forget Mo Diggums. Never forget. Um, Marcus, before we kind of pivot, this I mean, we've kind of covered a lot with this particular movie. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Should people see this? I mean, that's, obviously it's the theaters now. Thanksgiving's coming up. Is it something they should see in theaters or should they wait? No, I'll go see it in theaters. I, yeah. I think uh, I think this is one that you can take the family to and everybody can find a reason to enjoy it. Even if you didn't really enjoy or watch. Very rarely do I hear people say they didn't really like the original Ghostbusters. That's a sentence I don't think I've ever heard. No, um, I don't think there are many. So even if you didn't watch or if you didn't enjoy the original Ghostbusters, this is something you can still watch. And it is a story that stands on its own. So go to the theaters and watch it. Yeah, I'm excited for this to come out because although it does have a little bit of a like a higher rating and there is a little bit more some like spookier elements to it. um, I think when Harrison, this might be one that I like try and find when he gets to be like six or seven and uh, try and watch with him. Cause I think this would be something he really enjoys. So yeah, I completely agree. I think take your family, um, watch this. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, there are a lot of like really great moments in it in the story about families and how they come together and how they deal with stuff. And it's just good all around. So absolutely should go out and see that. Um, so Marcus, we kind of wrapped up a little bit early, so I thought it'd be good to pivot over to our, news segment so uh you kind of mentioned wanting to talk about power rangers is that your news for this week yeah so power rangers cinematic universe is actually going to exist because cinematic universes are the wave now you know in right now Uh, so hot um, right now very very big so hot so spicy hot um and so power rangers announced (laughs) power rangers cinematic universe of series and movies are going to netflix so um power rangers within the last couple years i don't know if anybody really pays attention but power rangers um has done this thing where in their last couple seasons of even newer power rangers on nickelodeon um they have tried their best to tie in like to have a universe that exists where they acknowledge the past rangers and the future rangers. And it's like all a part of this morphing grid. And that's how things exist there. Um, And more in the past recent years after the movie, they have tried their best to revamp power rangers and start from the beginning and then have it where there's other, you know, other rangers that exist for however they decide to do it. So, um, 
what happens is Entertainment One's Power Rangers are go are are going to Netflix after Hasbro's sub, subsidiary E1, um, John Entwistle, Jesus, end of the fucking world, and I'm not okay with this. Um, he was pinned to uh, oh, that was actually the end of the fucking world was actually a good movie. Um, mm. he was pinned to write a Power Ranger cinematic universe of connected film and television adaptions. Um, oh, wow. he, con- he confirmed Hasbro's. Uh, is coming to Netflix. Deadline broke the news. Netflix will be the home of E1 Television's planned Power Rangers expansion of multiple series and movies, including um, the already now 1990 set feature film reboot previously set up by Paramount Pictures. So um, they're supposed to, it was said that he was writing this new, Jonathan was writing this new movie and yeah. it's supposed to be a, it's like the new Rangers go back in time to 1990s. And that is how they try to reboot oh, okay. and revamp and tell this story as they like get taken back in time and become Rangers back then. Um, and that's how they retell that movie. And then when they flash forward, that's how you get this birth of series and other movies. Interesting. No idea what it looks like. Power Rangers has been around a long, long time. Oh, I even shit, still yeah. watch some of the newer Power Rangers. I, it makes me cringe because they don't oh. tell as like good of stories as they used to. But it's still interesting to think that you can go to Sony and then have this involved universe. So I will be paying attention. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I will say this. I remember how much Power Rangers was in like the zeitgeist when I was younger. Like it was everywhere. It was like the thing for people in the 90s to like experience and do. And if they can pick that up and keep that going forward, like and carry that with them, there's no reason why Power Rangers can't be a thing for this generation. I think it's interesting to do the flash backward. Like, obviously, they're still writing yeah, stuff out. They're writing stuff. It just feels weird. Just I, the colors and the locations were so vivid. Mm-hmm. I wonder if folks are going to have a hard time connecting with that. I don't. Think you know so. what I mean? You know why I think that they do that flat because they said the same thing about introducing the Fantastic Four. Oh, sure. In the Marvel Universe, which was taking them back in time, like seeing like. It's an out of time kind of movie. Like right. they're from the past and they have to figure out the future or whatever, vice oh, versa. Sure. But I think sometimes it's easier for people to um kind of adjust or think about sometimes. Oh, sure. Like you gotta take them back to take them forward. To you like Got you wanna it. go okay. back to acknowledge the past shit and then move forward in time. It's just a matter of how you execute it. Yeah. Like there has to be a certain way that you execute certain and, and Power Rangers is Power Rangers is the base for a lot of shit. Like and oh, not sure. the American version of Power Rangers. I'm talking about the Japanese oh, yeah. versions. Like the original versions, they're the reasons why if you ever see a team of five, like everybody has a different color. There's mm-hmm. main colors. There's certain colors are leads. There's certain, you know what I mean? So like right. Power Rangers was the base of like Beetleborgs. And the, the, to me, this is me and I could be wrong. I remember Beetleborgs. Beetleborgs, Voltron, all of this shit like that. Like oh, yeah. that stem from like Power Rangers. I don't want to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I feel like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came first. I feel like you're right. That was a late 80s like thing. They came first. But they yeah. did They did have a crossover episode. So like it's kind of like... I'm sorry, what? They had a live action... Back when Ninja... So sorry, I don't what? know if you remember, Ninja Turtles had a live action TV show or a movie. And well, there this was is a... when they had five turtles. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yes. They had five turtles. One oh, was a like, female turtle. And she was she had a light blue, yeah. <laughs> what? What? Experiencing this in real time. If you ever get a chance, I'll try to look up a picture. You can, I you was can Google to, a picture right now. I was today years old yeah. when there was yeah. a live action. You keep telling me yeah. about it. So, I gotta look this shit up. So, so what's interesting is, you know, Power Rangers always does 
Power Rangers was always good for doing crossovers. Um, and my one of my favorite crossovers was when all the Red Rangers from the past come together, and it's an episode called Forever Red. When they were in Power Rangers in space, I do believe they had a crossover with Ninja Turtles, and this is when Ninja Turtles had five Ninja Turtles. That oh was Leonardo, God. Donatello, Michelangelo, um, and Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael, and then one last turtle. She was a female turtle. And they crossed over with the Rangers because somehow their universes like collided into each other. And okay. they worked together, I, had a whole episode. Marcus, I know why this are you looking at that I know why this show didn't do very well do very well. Is it I because of the female turtle? It's a hundred percent because yeah, of the female yeah. turtle. It's the turtle boobs. It, 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 yeah. Marcus, this came it's out in nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. Um I need to I need you to I need us all to enjoy this together. Well, yeah, yeah. This this ninja turtle. Mm-hmm. Is equipped with a certain piece of equipment that is not biologically correct for yes, turtles. Yes, yeah. And I'm it's it's right in this general quadrant of the screen. And Marcus, I have yeah. I have a never ending supply of questions. Yeah. As to why does this turtle have tits? <laughs> I need I need to know. I need to know who was in that room talking to their they were sitting around at a business table they had lunches and coffee and they said like okay great we'll do the live action movies were great what can we do to put this forward and some guy was like well we need a female for it to be represented and someone was like get johnson a raise right now and they're like should the turtle have tits and some guy was like i don't see why not this is how we got we just watched howard the duck <laughs> That's a very good point. So I don't know why you're still anything done in that time period. They felt like in order to define that it was a female anything, you got to show the fact that it had boobs. That's incredible to me. Yeah. Because yeah. the other thing is Howard the Duck was 11 years, nine years before that. Yeah. So that means yeah. that this strangle hold on how do we make sure that people know an animal is a female? That's it. Give it breasts. Yep. Oh, not personality, oh, I, not not the way that it acts, but Marcus breast. Thank you. You yes. have given me a gift. And yes, I discover that on your own time. You've given me a gift. And I want everyone to understand that there's going to be at least three yeah. to five TikToks about this Ninja Turtle. I need <laughs> everyone to understand that. Yeah. I, need, <laughs> I need you to understand that. I'll be um, honest with you, I can't wait. That's fantastic. Um, my piece of news actually yeah. has to do with a little bit of a throwback as well. So nice. we all remember the original Highlander movies, right? Like yes. we remember the original ones. Well, they're interested in doing a reboot. And nice. the director who is going to currently be doing, like who's currently working on the reboot or slated to direct is the same one who directed John Wick. So oh, this shit. could be kind of a cool take on it. Okay. Um, but right now they're looking for their lead to play uh the lead Mel Gibson. For, the for the Highlander. Mm-hmm. And they have selected our man. They pick somebody? Jason well, fucking Momoa. They're very, very close. Henry Cavill currently uh, oh, is shit. the lead selection okay. right. to play um to star in that movie. And I gotta be honest with you, it's not bad. that is a fantastic character. That's not bad. That's I'm not bad at all. Very excited about it. You know what's that. funny about Henry Cavill? He's been opening his mouth more lately. Oh, and, and he's I been think ripping a lot more. He has been he's been like putting things into the air and Doug damned if I say it. I think the Snyder could I think Zack Snyder is getting a sequel to his movie. Oh, okay. I we think heard it here gonna, first. 
I think it's either going to be a Man of Steel sequel okay. or I think it's going to be a Zack Snyder's Justice League sequel or something like that. Is because that, there are several the pieces. Um, Henry Cavill said, he said in an interview that there's so much more story to tell with Superman and the character oh, of Superman, specifically at the end of Man of Steel. Okay. And so he was like that he wants to play Superman and that he, you know, he's talking about other stuff in there, but he's like, there's so much more story to tell. He even talks about black Superman and how, um, how it exists within, you know, because yeah. there's supposed to be a black Superman movie, but he's like, he wants to play Superman. And so I think that, you know, Zack Snyder also posted this random picture of yeah. Wonder Woman with no context. And then somebody else from um, the Snyder cut posted another picture that said, let it begin. And so okay. I just feel like, okay, okay, I you know I just feel like that's interesting. WB is making this transition, and they're just like, you know what? If we're gonna go multiverse, let's make some fucking money. Okay, and have a Batman that exists over here at Matt Reeves Universe, and let's right. have this Zack Snyder that exists, and then let's also have this shit over here, and let people pick their favorite versions of these characters. Interesting. Maybe I'm all I mean. Aboard. I'm not I'm not opposed to that at all. Me Henry either. Cavill also, I feel like around the same interview time, because I feel like there was an interview that he did. I don't know if it was a part of fandom or if it was something else. Maybe it was a couple weeks after. Um, but he essentially someone was talking to him about the Witcher. And then they were also talking to him about um, Superman. And he was like, oh, well, I still have my cape hanging in the closet. Mm -hmm. um, and then in that same interview, people asked him about the Marvel character, Captain Britain. And, they and said he, he was like, I would love to do that. Yeah. So I think he's just kind of like here for it. And yeah. that's what I kind of like about Henry Cavill. Me like, too. I, I like that. He's just kind of like here for it. He's I'll like, you it. know what? I'm ready to do it. And well, I also mentioned the rock also wants to still fight him. He wants that's to specifically true. fight Henry Cavill's Superman. You know what's going to happen is that I think Warner Brothers will be like, well, I think we're really going to have to watch to see how Black Adam does. Because yes. I think if Black Adam does well, if it does and, well. and Seven Bucks Production, Seven Bucks Studios says, hey, Marvel, I'll foot the bill to get Henry back in the suit. You need to agree to like give us the rights to the characters to make it. I think that they'll be like, well, if DJ says we got to do it, we got to do it. Yeah, because um, I do believe that. I honestly, that's this isn't even a joke. I believe that that's how conversations go. Oh, I, I believe I the rock says something and shit starts happening. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's a I think it's because I mean every the man has a Midas touch. Like everything yeah. he touch just Turns fucking explodes. Yeah. Like even Red Notice, I mean, people were complaining, and I haven't, I still haven't watched it, yeah, but people were saying that the, like the video quality isn't great, even though it costs so much money to make. Like mm -hmm. some of it's like grainy and doesn't look a hundred percent, but it's still like people are crushing it and still watching yeah. it. So there's something about him that um, is just amazing that he it's just is able to do. Um, but I would be here for that. Yeah. I mean, I like that you know, casting. I do too. And if I you're like curious that. about what that might look like, watch The Witcher. Watch the see watch season one of The Witcher, and that is a going to be a great version, a great primer to what we could get in the Highlander, which is yeah. really cool. Henry is very serious. Um, I know that he can play more of a goofy role, but he's just very more of a mm -hmm. he's more of a serious actor. Like uh, uh even yeah. when he was in um even when he was in Mission Impossible. Oh you know, sure, he was, he was supposed to be this big, bulky. Oh, look at that big guy in the bag versus oh, little the muscle. Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, he just it's it would be interesting, but I do like the casting. And I also like Henry Cavill because he's a nerd. 
Like he's yeah. he plays like tabletop gaming like stuff like Warhammer and shit like that. He builds his own PCs from scratch just exclusively for video games. Big and so nerd. I think that's the thing that people like for stuff like the, the Highlander. Why that's such a good casting. It's a nerd. Like yeah. if anybody's going to be deep into like that lore and that movie, he's going to do the homework. Course, he's going to do the homework to make sure he understands it. Um, and more than likely, he's been, you know, he has a sword somewhere in his house hanging on his wall that he's like, yep, that's my broadsword. Like yeah. I just, it's yeah, that's that makes sense. Hit. Yeah. That makes looking at him. That makes sense. Stereotypes about it. That's how you do it. Absolutely. Um, Anything else that you wanted to chat about on today's episode or should we take this mm. on this pitch on home? No, I think we just take it home. Y'all know how that Spider-Man trailer is looking. I, you know what? And on, honestly, I'm tired of talking about Spider-Man. God damn it. Oh, thank God you said I, that. I'm, I'm so tired I'm so of talking about of it. I'm, like, I'm tired of all new rumors. I am tired of all. How does it connect to anything? I'm tired of y'all picking apart fucking trailers. Leave it alone. Can I also say I'm sick of other Spider-Man fans? Yes. Yes. And I know that last yeah. week we spent an extended period of time talking about it, but I'm I'm so maybe this is some of this is probably pointing back at myself, but I'm tired of like the fans that are make like that start off conversations or statements or reels or videos with if this isn't in Spider-Man, I'm going oh, to X. Geez. Fuck off. Yeah. Like just fuck right off with that yeah. statement because if i have to listen to you say like well if we don't hear all three you know themes in the movie then i don't i think they're missing an opportunity they're not going to do that no like can you just can we step outside ourselves for a minute yeah. and say what they more than likely will do and what they won't do and can you just all those moments that click in your head where you think that they're definitely not going to do it just don't say it because you're, you're ruining ugh. the experience for yourself like that's the biggest you, you thing. have to be you have you, to you, be we talked about trailers always showing a lot of shit off and everything like that and i was perfectly fine watching the second trailer and right. without noticing that oh lizard gets punched by an invisible spider-man like i was perfectly fine without y'all continuously shoving that shit down my throat is if you zoom in here this is where it looks like a spider yes yes we know these motherfuckers are in the movie we knew this like we knew this months ago right as much right. as they tried to lie, let's be honest, we knew this months ago. When they confirmed Doc yeah. Ock and Jamie Foxx and all of these other badass guys was in it, yeah. you think one Peter Parker is going to fight off these motherfuckers? At minimum, there's two of these bitches in this movie. There's a, There's got to be at least two. And here's the other thing that I'll say about, like, the, about, like, anything related to CGI is think what you want to think. But the other thing is, like, let your can we just let our brains have a little bit of wonder of this yes. moment of like, maybe I'm wrong. <sighs> like, do you understand what it's like to render CGI? Like, right. that could be nothing. That yeah. could be just rushed yeah. post-production for a trailer where he's running into something invisible drawn across mm -hmm. the screen that they didn't get time to erase. Yeah. Like, it's probably not. And you're probably right. They're probably like we know that they're in this movie in some capacity. But get off your goddamn high horse. Can we like, just let like, it go? Bro, a little just bit? let it fucking go. We got a month. Not even. Like, let it fucking and go and just enjoy the movie. 
if one of y'all comes in here with some of this Mephisto shit in here, I'm going to lose it because you hooked me with that one the first time. Y'all got me with it during one division. I was the biggest. I was a part of the church of Mephisto. I told everybody. I said, yep, it can't be anybody else. Who else would it be? And then I got burned. And so now all of y'all are going to feel me. That's like pretty now. good. Church of Mephisto is the new name of the podcast. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I'm just tired. Like yeah, I'm, I'm tired. tired of the speculation. It just seems like it's so much energy. To and be... what I don't want is the fans ruining it for the actors and the actresses. Like I, I mean, want Tom Holland to be Spider-Man for as long as Tom Holland wants to be Spider-Man. But if he got to deal with this shit and be like, bro. I mean, even Andrew Garfield has had enough. Bro. Andrew and this Garfield, Toby David... just coming in here like, I told y'all, motherfuckers, this is why I left the first time. Right, he's just like eating a random bowl yeah. of cereal, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Spidey Toby, I mean, a- 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 Andrew said like he was asked, so he did this absolutely fantastic performance in Tick Tick Boom, which is yeah. the story about the guy who wrote Rent. Yeah. Um, and he's gonna be, he's gonna win a fucking, he's gonna be in the Oscar conversation for this, for this, for this performance. And yet, somebody in talking about an Oscar performance goes, "So what was it like to work on Spider Man?" And he was like, "Enough." I'm not answering that anymore. Either I'm going to be in it and you're going to be excited or I'm not going to be in it and you're going to be disappointed. The movie's going to speak for itself. I'm not answering these questions anymore. And rightfully so. And I think everybody, everybody should do that because I'm sick of, I'm I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this shit. I'm excited to see Spider-Man too, but everybody just shut the fuck up and wait for it. And you know, what's going to happen? Like they're going to start doing their press tour a week before and it's going to fucking all of this is that I don't even think that they can do a press tour. No, the they can't. Not with all three. They have to wait. They're going to have, have to wait until wait. afterwards because somebody's going to run their mouth Jeez. and that or or anything that they'll say, they'll put a comma somewhere and be like, well, you know, he paused for a little longer. See, slow this down and play it back. Like, listen to it three more times. Like, no, I have a job. Like <laughs> I cannot listen to this over and over and over again. Jesus. So anyway, but yes, that's, I agree with you. Um, uh, Marcus, what do you have to plug this week? Um, stream everything. Okay. Um, that you look like go to my music, Marcus Destin and just stream everything. Max has hit like over a thousand on Spotify now. So like that's, you know, that's, that's huge. a huge thing. Um, and so just go and stream what you like. Share something. One song. If it's one song, I appreciate you. If it's two songs, I appreciate you. If it's an album, I appreciate you. But I really just want you to go and do me a favor and just stream everything. New music is coming. Um, we're working on Max like as we speak. And so like as Max, I mean, as Max is coming out, I want you to be able to enjoy and hear the evolution and hear the sound and hear my favorite compliments are not, hey, we really enjoy the music. I love those compliments. But my favorite compliments are I really enjoy the words that you're saying. Because it oh. shows that you are like paying attention to like um what I'm actually like the the investment I'm putting into my art and into my craft. So hundred percent stream. And I would say everything to, to anybody who has not listened to any of Marcus's music, I think I think that you will find more connection with some of those little lyrics and lines that are in it than anything else. Because mm, I it is good. it is such a cool and, and it, it's cool for me because I know your family like yeah. and I know and you've told me some of these stories and things like that. And I'm um, I know I'm 
not friends with, but kind of like I've either met people that you grew oh, up yeah. with who are yeah, part yeah, of yeah. your music or what have you. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to hear those stories from a different life and from a different perspective. So check yeah. them out. They're really interesting. Yeah. Go stream shit and stream Please. all of this shit. Thank you. Um, dude. Thank you um, dude. What I have to plug is yes, sir, Lover- pick it up. Is the love nerds.com yes. um, on behalf of Brian and Maggie? Yes. Um, go if you need some look, the holidays are upon us. We're gonna yes. start going to Christmas parties, we're gonna go to start going to get togethers around New Year's. Mm-hmm. Go learn how to bring an appetizer. Um, go learn how to make someone a fun shirt with a particular pattern that you can print and put on a shirt or a mug yourself. Go check out all that stuff there. They've got some great stuff up there. Um, so go check out the love nerds.com. Yeah. Um Join us uh, and join the Patty family. Uh, listen join to uh, go to patreon.com slash films of black and white. Tune in for our live show every week and stay up to date on other things. Um, we got a viewer selection movie coming up here soon. Um, so all sorts of good, good, good stuff that way. Um, and then follow uh, us slash me on TikTok. Um, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff. Please there. follow Douglas on TikTok. Films at, at films in black and white. Um, we got some. We got some fun stuff that's no. I, I get very excited about. I'm very excited it's, about uh, some that's of quality TikTok material over there. Absolutely. And then, yeah. Um, but Marcus, we have a three step process to success, and sure what do. is our first step? First step, read a goddamn book on behalf of Brian Roush. All right. Read a, read a book. book. Read a book, not just for you, but read a book for the future, for the baby Roush. That, that right. baby is depending on you to educate yourselves and adjust and evolve. And you can't do that unless you read a goddamn book, newspaper, an article, something. But read, I don't care if you read the back of a Pringles paint, a can. Like, read something, goddamn it. Yeah, just read. Um, That's absolutely right. Um, And also, Drink some water. Look, y'all. Um, we are going to get to uh, the holidays and the new year, and things are going to start to – you're going to be busier. And a great way to relieve that some of that stress that you might be feeling is uh, to drink some water and to stay hydrated and to make sure, sure that everything is um, in equilibrium as it should be. Equal, equilibrium? Never mind. There you go. Um, as it should be. So drink some water. Take care of yourself. Be sure to drink some water. Yeah. And uh, Marcus, take us home with that third step. As we go into the more holiday seasons, as we exit the season of Thanksgiving and enter the season of gift giving, um, Santa doesn't like a dirty person, a dirty butt. It does not. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. For those of you that still believe, Santa does not like a dirty butt. And um, you no. know, the best thing that you can do to avoid getting cold and flushable wipes in your stocking is to just wipe your ass. Wash your ass. And you never want to end up the under the mistletoe with somebody for those for your single friends. Don't under end up under the mistletoe with, with a dirty ass because Uh, it's going to make that plant wilt and you're going to ruin it for everybody. Mud, butt mistletoe is never anyone's favorite. That is not, that's the least favorite Christmas party game is mud, butt mistletoe. Mud, butt mistletoe. We have now three options for the name of the podcast. I I might call it mud, butt butt mistletoe. (laughs) (laughs) That one is amazing. Um, Anyway, um, we will be back next week. Um, We hope everybody has a restful holiday and we will uh, catch y'all next week. So stay safe, stay healthy, and see y'all it. Bye, mom. (laughs) No! No!